The book of today's daf is daf chaf aleph in Yuma. <clears throat> Number one, we want to learn for a four shlemer for Yosef Azriel ben Chaya Michal, a boy from Ramat Beit Shemesh, who my children know, uh, who is still in critically, critically ill after critically injured, and needs a four shlema. And uh, <clears throat> Moshe, uh, it's uh, Moshe Spira's father's yard site today, correct? Yes. And uh, his name is uh, David Svi Ben Ruvain. Ben Ruvain. So we 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 learned today the daf also for Eloi of his neshama. All right, we're at the sixth line on the on Yum on on daf Chafalaf in Yuma. Amar Rav Yehuda Amar Rav. B'shashe Yisrael Olin the regel when the Israel when the Jewish people went up to the base of Migdash on the three regalim omdim tzfufim. They pack the whole Azara, even though we've learned before that the norm, normally the Israelim only go up to the Ezra Israel, which is, is the entrance on the east side, the very beginning into the Azara, the first 11 Amas. But here on the Regalim, they were all packed into the entire Azara. Omdim uh, they stood pressed together, but the miracle was that when they bowed down, when they prostrated themselves, there was plenty of room. And the crowd reached into the back behind the behind the whole heichal, including the kadoshim. There's eleven amos behind the kadosh kadoshim until the wall of the azara. They pressed back there too, but the heart of the order here doesn't make sense because you just said when they bowed down there was plenty of room. So why did they have to go all the way behind? The uh, base kabars behind the kachet kachim. My comer, what, what do you mean by that? Hachikomer, so it's sort of reversed. Even though when they stood and they packed the place fully in behind the azara, in, 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 not behind azara, throughout the whole azara, including the area behind the kachet kachim, and they were they stood packed together, and the crowd reached all the way behind the kachet kachim. When they stood there pressed, uh, when they bowed down, miraculously, the area expanded, and they bowed, when they bowed down, there was plenty of room, Rashi says, and nobody, uh, each person, so to speak, had his own four amas, so no, no one would hear uh, the, um, uh, the vidui. Uh, no one would hear uh, uh, the uh, uh, the vidui of the other person. In other words, as each person stood there uh, or bowed down, and he uh, admitted before the rabbanu shalom, right? He, he he did his vidui and he he, he uh, recited his sins. Um, nobody else heard him because there was plenty of room between them. This is a an unbelievable miracle. They stood there together. This is the kind of miracle we needed the other day, right? That people should have had more room, and they didn't. So, when they bowed down, there was plenty of room. This is one of the ten uh, miracles that took place in the base of Migdash, and these are enumerated in the Mishnah in Perkeovas. The Tanan, Nasar Nisim, Nasar Beis Migdash. There were ten miracles that took place in the base of Migdash. Number one, he lists them all. Even though the meat of all the sacrifices gave off a, a pungent smell, very strong smell, and could have caused a pregnant woman to lose her child, didn't happen. No, uh, none of the women miscarried. Nobody miscarried, even though the smell of of the of the strong smell of the roasted meat carried throughout Yerushalayim. No one miscarried because of that. None of the meat in the base of Mikdash ever spoiled, even though it could have. It was outdoors. And also, there were no flies 
in the slaughterhouse in the Azara, in the area of the Azara, as we said, and the northeast, there was an area that was called the slaughterhouse where they shefted the animals and rinsed them, etc., and prepared them for uh, for sacrifice. Um, they, uh, I mean, af- after they shefted them, they prepared them there, rinsed them off, etc., prepared to bring the meat on the uh, on the on the uh, on the mig- and on the mizbeach if it was an ola, otherwise it was uh, prepared to be eaten. In all that area, there was no flies there. That was also a miracle. And no Kohen Gadol became Tomei uh, by passing. He didn't, he didn't have any emission of his body that caused him to be Tomei on Yom Kippur. That was a miracle that it never happened. As we said, we tried to keep him awake, etc. But a miracle that it never happened even by accident. There was no psul in these three kinds of Korban Menachos. In the Omer, there was never a psul because... The, if an animal becomes puzzled, so usually it's not a problem, you bring another animal. But the Omer and the Shteyalechem, they didn't have backups, and you couldn't, once you did it once, once you cut down for the Omer or the Shteyalechem, you weren't allowed to bake them on uh, Shavuos, you had to be prepared the day before, so if something happened to them, you wouldn't be allowed to make another one. The same thing with Lechem Aponim. If Lechem Aponim became Tomei or something, you would just have to be a week without the uh, bread. You wouldn't have any bread there, they wouldn't make another one. Uh, they couldn't bake it on Shabbos. So all these things, it was a miracle that never, none of these three menachos ever became possible. These are mentioned as three. So these are three. This is, uh, we had number one, the sriach, and number two, and number th- uh, three, the animals, and the, uh, carry, the no carry, becoming God, that was number four. And there was no psul in these three. We'll see if this is counted as three or as one. Initially, we're counting this as three. This would be number five, six, and seven of the miracles. Right, and then the um, five, six, and then number eight would be Om Mitzvah Mishtach and that we started out with. When they stood, they were pressed together. Yet when they bowed down, there was plenty of room. But, uh, that was number. That would be number uh, number eight. Below Hizik Nachash Me'olam. Right, and there was no uh, no um, uh, you know no snakes or or scorpions ever bit anybody in Yerushalayim. Below Omer Adam Lachaver Tsarli Hamakom. Uh, it's too narrow. Nobody ever said, listen, there's not enough room here. I can't get enough food in Yerushalayim. There's not enough food. There's no place to sleep. Nobody ever said that. Now, these last two things were said about Yerushalayim, not about the Migdash. So the Gemara asks, Pasuk from Migdash Yerushalayim. You start off by saying there were 10 miracles in, in the base of Migdash. And then you list them all. But the last two were, um, the last two were uh, related to Yerushalayim, not related to the base of Migdash itself. So what do we mean? You're right, but there's two other ones. The two other ones uh, in the in the mikdash. What are they? The Tanya may olam lo kavuk shamim eish shalatzim racha. The rain never quenched the uh, fire on the wood pile and the and the mizbeach. Vashna maracha and the smoke of the of the wood pile, the smoke of the maracha that went straight up. I feel kavuk shiba olam bos. Even if all the wind in the world came. Umeshavasan blew on them, Ainamazis does become a never knocked her off. In other words, the smoke always rose and the winds never uh, never uh, pushed them, pushed the smoke away. So the Gemara says, okay, so we have these two other ones, and therefore uh, that completes this. It's more of a suleka, right? Are there no more? But Tanya learned of Shmaya Mikalbinabo, that was the place that he came from. Shivrei Klicheres Nivlonbumkoma, and there was another miracle. The uh, the kacha kachim that were cooked in the base of Migdash, if they had to be cooked, uh, they cooked in a klicheris, in an earthenware pot. And since the earthenware pot absorbs and cannot become tum, and, and once it absorbs the meat, 
whatever is absorbed in the klicheres the next day becomes nosar. Or in case of a shlomim, which is a kosher column, becomes nosar on the third day. But what becomes nosar is nosar, and you can't eat that. And what can you do? You can't, there's no way to purify that. So the only thing is it has to be destroyed. And when they destroy them, they break them. Well, what happens to all these broken earthenware pieces? Miraculously, they got swallowed up in the ground of the Azara. That was a miracle. Shiva Klicheres Nevlam come. Because if they wouldn't be, you have a pile of, you know, broken earthenware, like broken glass all over the place. That was one miracle. Vamar another miracle. That more of a notes of Hedisha Mizbech We'll talk about, the, we talked about yesterday about the, uh, the, the uh, every day they took off the Truma Sadesh in the very beginning at the, at the uh, cock crow in the morning. They uh, removed the, uh, a, a shovel full of, uh, of ashes and, and uh, removed them to a little spot near the Kevish, near the ramp of the, of the Mizbech on the south, near the southeast corner. And it got swallowed up miraculously into the ground. And what place is that? The same place where the crop and the feathers of the Ola bird are thrown. One, in the process of, the, of being mock of an Ola bird, remember Ola bird is ab- ab- above the Chut so the coin stands uh, at an elevated spot on the, um, on the uh, west of the Mizbeach, uh, on, on the west side of the Kevish near the, uh, on the Mizbeach, when he processes the Ola bird, and he removes the crop and the, and the feathers, and he throws them all the way from the southwest corner of the Mizbeach, all the way across the top of the Kevish to the southeast corner, uh, near the southeast corner of the Kevish. It's like 30, more than 30 amas away. And that's a miracle because it's like trying to throw a wiffle ball 50 feet. It's very, very difficult. It's very light. And it was one of the hardest things to do in the base of Migdash. But anyway, when the, when the crop and the feathers of the Ola bird reached that spot, that was called the Mokum Hadeshen. Not to be confused with the base Hadeshen that we talked about. There are four different places where they burn uh, they burn things in the in the in the base of Migdash. Some outside the base of Migdash, like a regular parma and sirim sirim, are burnt outside of Yerushalayim. It's taken outside, all the way out of out of all three uh, machanot, and it's burned out there. And other other uh, let's say kachim uh, that become pustle in the Azara, burnt in the Azara. Other ones become uh, are on Harabayas as a base hadeshen. So there's like at least three base hadeshens places of burning. Plus this mokum hadeshen where it's like an ash heap next to the Kevesh. And not that they burn stuff there, but they put things there, like they put, put ashes there and they put the crop and the feathers of the Ola bird and they get swallowed up into the ground. But what do you see? So this is another vision of Nivlam Komen. So the point is we see that there's two more. First, we said there was only eight, right? Because two of them were Shalim. So we added two more, right? We added two more about the uh, rains. The rains never uh, uh, quenched the uh, fire on the, on the wood pile. And uh, and the wind never moved moved the uh, the uh, the ashan away from its spot. It always rose up vertically. Never moved it totally away. That was the, so. We had ten miracles, but now we added two more, so we've got twelve. The answer is psule tlosahave. Right? We said before. Remember, we talked about that the the the, the all the things were like uh, mi- these miracles that happened. There were three psulim of the carbon menchas of, of the carbon menachas, which were the omer, the shtei alechem, and the lechem apanim. So those were really the same idea. Count them as one, because they're all psulim of carbon menachas. We just listed them out three as three different menachas. One omer shtei alechem, lechem apanim, are three different kinds of carbon mincha. So you know, I count them as one. That all these three carbonos mincha whenever became possible. So you're back to ten. So apik tray, move tray, vile tray, remove those. Three. In other words, those three are counted as one. So you could include these last two. 
uh, these last two of both the broken pieces of the earthenware vessels swallowed up into the ground and the crop feathers and ashes also being swallowed up. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, Yochi blew a nami trehave. If you want to say psulin are all one, all three psulim of mincha count them as one, you can count the swallowing up. The miracle of stuff being swallowed up into the ground is also count those two as one. In other words, count both the shivrei, the broken pieces of the earthenware, and the ashes and the crop and the feathers, count them all as one. Yochi blew a nami trehave, cheshvir mechad. Chasu, now you're missing something. Now you've only got nine. Because if you count them, so you only got nine. So the economic creature does another one. There was a great miracle done with the lechem upon him. It was that siluka like we learned many times when it was removed a week later. Remember, the lechem upon him was basically there for at least a week, and not only that, it was baked on Friday. So it's really an extra. It not only was there a whole week, like eight days. It was really nine days because sometimes it was baked on Friday. And we've had other places sometimes baked on even as early as Wednesday when you had a two-day yontif before, after, etc. So it was there at least, you know, more than a week. And when they removed it, it was fresh, fresh as if it was just freshly baked. To put warm bread there on the day it was taken away, the day that the warm bread was taken away. It was taken away when it was, when it was removed a week later and distributed among the Kohanim. It was still fresh. So that was another miracle. So you've got 10. Okay, we're back to 10. Are there no more miracles? We have this as a tradition from our forefathers. There was another miracle there that the place of the Aurat in the Kashikachim, the Kashikachim was, uh, was uh, 20 by 20, and the Makam Aurum was not even included. In other words, right? Why? Because you had 10 Amos on each side, and that was a total of 20, but the whole place was only 20. So what about the place of the Aurat itself? The Aurat itself, that box, the chest, where did that take? If there was 10 Amas on each side and the whole thing was only 20 Amas, so that had to take up some space. No, it took up no space. It stood mir- miraculously. That was another miracle. That even though the whole dimensions of the Kachikachim was 20 by 20, so how could there be 10 Amas on each side of the arm? And the answer is that was a miracle. Another miracle that we have a Shmuel Kruvim. Kruvim Menesim, the Kruvim, the Kruvim, the, 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 the uh, like, you know, bird with the face of a child and they had wings like a bird. Uh, stood uh, next to the, the to the Aram, and the wingspan of each was five Amas, and there was two birds, there were two of them, and they each had uh, two wings. That was a total of 20. So where was the body of the of the Kruvim? If the wings were, were, were each five, and that's 10, and there were two of them, that's 20. So again, where was the body? So that's, the Kruvim, uh, that's what he says, the Kruvim and Esau Yomdim. It was also miraculous. So there was another miracle. So we have two more miracles now. <clears throat> Besides the 10, we have two more. So the Gemara says, well, we don't count those two. We're only counting miracles that were outside, that people could see. And these were inside, right? The, nobody could see the inside the Kosher Kosher, only the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur. So we are not counting miracles that are inside. You're right. If you count them all, I mean, we can go on count 20 if you want to count each of the Minchas as a separate one and each of the Bluem as a separate one, right? But he's saying we're counting 10 because we're not only including, we're only including stuff outside, not inside. Wait a minute. We say inside, we mean not just inside the Kachikashim, nobody could see, it means inside the building. So th- those certainly, the ones inside the Kachikashim were certainly inside. What about the Lechem Apanam was also inside the Heichal, wasn't outside. The other miracles we talked about, the women not being affected and uh, no flies outside and the uh, and the, the fire on the woodpile not being affected by the rain and the wind, etc. All that stuff is outside and the stuff being swallowed up into the ground is also outside. 
So and you're saying those are outside, but so you say we're not going to include the stuff inside the kosher kachim that's not seen. Lechem is also inside. Yachid lechem aparam nami nisim is also and this on the inside of it. So no lechem aparam nisim is considered outside. Why? Because as we'll see, it was also even though it was all inside, it was it, its resting place was in the inside the heichal, right? But the it was it was shown. They took the whole table outside with lechem aparam to show it to the masses. Nisim mivroi the amr rabbi shlakish ma'irchsev al shulchan atar. He says you put that on the shulchan which is tahor, on the on the on the on the shulchan which is pure, which is tahor mechlal shutami. When it could become impure, it's a shulchan which is which rests and it's a kliets. Mar says kliets are also anachas. It's a it's a it's a um, vessel made out of wood which is made for resting and something like if it's not carried around, it can't become tummy. It's like something a permanent fixture. It's like part of a building. Kliets also anachas. Any wood which is made only for resting, not made for carrying around. Uh, it's not and it serves as a barrier against him. In other words, it stops Tumah. Tumah doesn't happen there. Even though Rashi says it was actually covered with gold, right? But the Torah calls it, it's different over here. The Gemara in, in uh, here, right here, Rashi just brings it in a few words. The Gemara Menachos and in, uh, and in Chagiga, more, is it more detail, they ask us a whole kasha, maybe it should become Tumah because it has gold on it. The Gemara comes out because it's called, the Torah calls it Kliets. Right, it calls it's mikolkli. It's called the Torah calls it etz. So therefore, it has halacha like etz, despite the fact that it is that that it was lined with uh, gold on the outside, and therefore it's not makabel because it, it rests there. Element. The answer is so. How could it be makabel the answer is they lifted it up for the regalim. Look how uh, you are dear to God. That God makes miraculously makes it fresh even when it's removed. To put hot bread on the day it was taken away, including and the day it was taken away, it was still hot bread. The point is, you see over here that that the lechem aparam was also a miracle on the outside because it was taken outside. That's why the Pasuk says it's, uh, it's tor, meaning it could become Tameh, but it also that was part of the miracle, presumably, that it didn't become Tameh, but it could become Tameh because it was lifted and taken outside. So, in other words, there's rules about Astam uh, um, uh, Eitz, we, we've had before, when it comes to Tameh, just parenthetically, that Pshuta um, Eitz, if it's not a cleave, just a pshuta, just like a, a flat uh, eight, which does not have a, cannot uh, cannot serve as a receptacle, so that's certainly not makabeltuma. Here we're talking about a cleates, which could which could put things down. In other words, you could it could serve as a receptacle like begot or oro sock that we talk about. Sock is metaltomalivrekan. It's carried. It can be carried when it's full or empty as opposed to something which, when it's full, cannot be carried, it's too heavy, that can't be mechabotum, it's also considered like fixed on the ground. So cleates also is only, it's only, it's metal, if it's only mechabotum, if it could be removed, it could be carried around when it's full or when it's empty. And Alachar the Kash over here was that the, that the shulchan is never moved. It's only made for resting. The answer is it was moved. They took it outside to show it to the people. And this answers the issue also about that it was a miracle on the outside. So we're back to the 10 that we, that we talked about. Says the Gemara, the 10 miracles. And that's how we started off by saying that one of the 10 miracles was the idea that uh, when people bowed down there, uh, there was plenty of room, which is an amazing thing that, that you know, it, it, it's one thing to say in the Kachim Kachim there was a miracle that we couldn't see. This is outside. I mean, this is an amazing thing. People were standing stuffed together, pressed together. Our minds keep going to, to Miron when you talk about this, obviously, so soon after the tragedy. Um, but, you know, they stood packed together, and when they bowed down, there was plenty of room. 
Says Gemara Basulekha, there are no more miracles. Amar Avoshia, Bishash, Abana Shalom, Mesa Migash, when Shalom built the Mesa Migash, Natabal Komin Abgaram, Migaram Shazav. He planted there all kinds of golden delicacies, you know, beautiful, fancy, fancy fruit that came out like golden and fresh. But you most in Paris, Bismana, and, they, and the, uh, the fruits, um, the fruits, um, when he planted these seeds, the, the fruits, uh, the, the seeds bore fruit, beautiful fruit in their seasons all the time. When the wind blew against these fruits on the trees, no the the, the uh, fruits would fall off. The Levanon is, is the, uh, refers to the base of Migdash. Rashi, the fourth line of the page, says, So it says, And giving a blessing, it says that the, like in the base of Migdash, uh, its the, its fruits will um, uh, will will you know will push will make noise you know they'll they'll rustle uh, like that that's like I'm saying like in the base of, like the fruits in the base of Migdash rustled and shook by from the wind because they were so full and fresh so the same way this is what we mean that Yerush Kalvan Imperius so it's like that's a that's a bracha that Yerush Kalvan like in the base of Migdash. Uh, where the fruits rustled, Shlomo's fruits rustled and made by, by the wind, the same way you should also have that kind of a bracha. That's what the Pasuk refers to, Yerush Kalvan Imperio. So, when the, when the Goyim took over and, and laid siege and took over the Beis HaMikdash, Yavish, all those fruits withered. The flower of the Beis HaMikdash of Lebanon uh, languished, became, bad, became you know, withered and bad. Hashem is going to return it Shinamar in the future. Parach Tifrach, it will it will regrow again. It will it will it will flower up and grow again. The Togel and rejoice. Afkilas Varanain rejoicing in song. Kavod Halvana Nitanla. The glory of the Levanon will be given to us. So you see that this is also a miracle that these uh, plants uh, uh, grew and and uh, in a miraculous way. And when the base of was not here. They didn't grow in the basement. They did grow. That's also nasty. The answer is Nisim. We're only talking about Nisim uh, that uh, were not permanent. This was like a permanent thing. The fruits were there all the time. When the, the basement was there, the fruits were there all the time. That's not considered a miracle. A miracle is something that's not there, that's movable, that happens, that you see from time to time. It wasn't there all the time. So once you give that answer that Nisim that are Kavua, we're not considering in the count of 10. Again, when you really think about it, we keep bringing down Nisim, we say we don't include that because of this, or it's counted already. There could be much more, but the Nisim that we're talking about, those 10, were Nisim that were not there like in, in fixed positions all the time. Once you give that answer, Hashdas Lahachi, Arun Rekruvim Nami. You said about the Arun and the Kruvim, about the fact that they didn't take up any space in the measurement, that was a Ness, and we said, well, that was inside. You don't have to come on to that answer. Arun Rekruvim Nami, Nisim the Kviyaninu. Since they are permanent there, it's not, a, not an issue. And this, if, if we would have given this answer before, we wouldn't have the kasha about the lechem upon him being inside or outside, because we're not we're not talking about inside or outside. It's not the issue. We're talking about are they permanent or not? Amar Mar, Marocha. One of the things we said is that the uh, smoke of the food pile went straight up and was not uh, was not uh, dissipated by the winds. Was there smoke on the Marocha? There were Shomaracha. What were the five things said about this fire of the woodpile? Ravutzakar, number one, it looked like it was um, crouching like a lion. Ubarakahama was clear as the sun. The Yeshbamamish, it had um, substance to it. It wasn't just smoke. It was like, it felt like that, that fire had, 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 had a substance to it. It was almost like a solid. 
and it and it could it consumed um, moist wood as well as dry wood, which was special thing about it. Most times you can't light; uh, it's hard to light uh, wood which is damp. And this the fire there did uh, consume wet, uh, damp wood also. And it did not have smoke which rose. So what do you mean? That, what are you talking over here about the wood pile with the smoke? Here it says enomala oshan. So and it it did it didn't have a smoke which rose. And this was kikamrina bedahedyo. That's talking about the smoke. That's talking about the smoke, not the smoke that Hashem sent down. Rashi brings down over here um, that there was a um, like a um, a coal that a, a coal c o a l a coal that fell down came down from the heavens at the time of Shlomo and that was on Mizbeach. And it was there permanently until Menashe uh, came and took it away. And that looked like this crouching lion. And that one had, had, a, um, that one had a, um, a smoke that rose. But the one that didn't, the, one that didn't, the smoke that didn't rise, Kikarmina Bedehedyot, was the extra fire that the, that the people put there, the Kohanim put there, the Tanya. But Aaron will put Even though there was a fire that came down in Shemayim, and that fire always rose, had a smoke column that rose, but the one that, uh, that the people put there, uh, did, that didn't have a, a smoke column that rose. Mitzvah In other words, even though the Pusik says, even though there was, one, there was a fire from heavens that came down, there's a mitzvah for, for the for people also to put it down. So the Gemara says now, and he says, that's the one that was there all the time, that, that, that column, so here, you know, it's, it's a little bit strange because it looked like a, a crouching lion. Here we're saying five things happened to it. There were five things about that fire. And one of them was it wasn't Mala A, Mala Ashan. So we're saying which one was not Mala Ashan? The one that the people put there. But Rashi points out that the one that Hashem put there, that was Ravutza Kahari. It's Mashman. Now we're saying that they, both of them were Ravutza Kahari, right? Both of them looked like a crouching lion. But the one that uh, the people put there did not have the smoke column. Okay, mitzvah lavi menahedim. So it's Ravut Sekri, we're crouching a lion. I've attended your member Chanina on Skanakanim. I never see it. Remember Chanina Skanakanim? He was a coin. He was the assistant coin gadol there, and he says, "I saw it." Ravut Sekri, it looked more like a dog. It didn't look like a lion. It says Lokasha, Kam b'Mikdash Rishon, Kam b'Mikdash Okay, in the Mikdash Rishon, when Shlomo was Mikdash, there it was Ravut Sekri, and uh, in the time of Mikdash Shani, it looked like just like Ravut like a dog, like a crouching dog. Says more Mikdasheni Mihavi. Was it? Was there even one at the Mikdasheni? Vam Rav Shmuel Bar Bar Inya. Midas of Pasuk says. Pasuk says in Chagai, it says like this: Al Alu Ahar Baveisim Eitz Uvno Bayis the Ertzabo the Ekovda, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified. What do you mean by Vekarin and Agkovda? It says Agkovda without a hay. At the end, but we read it. The Korean, right? It says by Korean Akavdo with the hay at the end. Maishna. So what? What's the hay? Do Maishna the mechusar hay? Why do we read it without it? We read it as if it says Akavdo with a hay at the end. Why do we read it as as if it's without a hay at the end? What's the difference? Elu chamisha. The hay refers to five things. Hay is number five. Elu chamisha. Tomorrow I'm showing bein mikdash rishon mikdashani. These are the five differences that occurred between the first base and the second one. Elu hay. Aron the kaporas v'kruvim. Those three things in the kachet kachim, right? The aron, the kaporas, the cover, and the kruvim, which were which were next to the uh, aron and like you know that spanned it on top. Uh, they stood next to it and spanned it on top. That's all considered one. Those things did not exist in the second base of mikdash. 
Eish, the fire, also did not. Ushchina was also not there. Baruch HaKodesh, and the Holy Spirit was not there. Borum Vitumim. So you see, these five things weren't there. So how can you, right? These are five things that weren't there. So how do you say that, oh, in the Mikdashani, the, uh, the, the, uh, the fire looked like a crouching dog, not like a crouching lion. But it was, there was no H in the second base of Mikdash, according to what we just said here. Those five things are missing. Amri, Ain, Mehave, Have. No, there really was. The real truth is that there were, there were, the ash was there, the fire was there, but Suleim said, but it didn't aid them, it didn't help them. In other words, we're saying that the things existed, but they didn't have the same power. So therefore, in the second picture, there was a fire, but it looked more like a dog, not like a lion. Tanarabon and Sheish Isha saying there were, there were six kinds of fire. Yesh Eish Ocheles Fenishosa. There's a fire which consumes, right? Fire consumes wood and other materials, but it doesn't drink can't consume water, right? Water quenches the fire, not the other way around. The Eish shows Sevenocheles, and there is some fire which drinks but doesn't eat. What do we mean by that? We'll see. The Eish Ocheles says there's a fire which both eats and drinks. The Eish Ocheles Lachem Kivation, and there is a fire which consumes damp as well as dry. That's the wood that we talked about, that the Eish of the Marocha did that. The Eish Eish Doche Eish, and there is fire which pushes away fire. What do we mean? We'll see. The Eish Ocheles Eish, and there is fire which, which consumes other fire. What do we mean by that? Now we're going to explain each of the six. Yesh Eish Ocheles Feinushel said, there is a fire which consumes, which eats, but doesn't drink. How they done? That's regular fire. It consumes wood, but it doesn't drink. If there's water there, it can't drink the water. Just the opposite. The water stops the fire. Okay? All right. That's the Hadidan. Shosef Enocheles. Where is fire that drinks but doesn't eat? The Cholin, sick people, people who have a fever, right? They need to drink, right? That fire causes them to drink, right? It causes them to drink, but they can't eat. They have no appetite. Rashi says, um, the Cholin, Minakadachas, if they have, if they have a fever, it's, it's, it's thirsty for water, but doesn't want to eat, right? That fire causes, you know, um, causes dehydration, right? You want water, it needs to drink water. That fire, so to speak, causes you, you need to put water in there, right? It needs water, uh, but it doesn't want to eat. So that's, that's what we mean by uh, that, um, uh, shows, show, that it drinks water, but it doesn't eat. Ocheles Feshosa, what does it mean if it eats and drinks? The Elio, Elio's famous miraculous um, fire, right? Which he says, you remember, you know, drenched the whole thing, put water on the, on the Marach, etc. And then he had a fire come down. And he, it says, right? That the, even the water in the uh, trench over there in, in the channel, uh, it consumed, the, the, uh, Elio's fire consumed the water also. So here you see, this fire of Elio both ate and drank. Okay, Ocheles lachen kievation. What do you mean? It eats damp as well as uh, dry wood. The maracha, like we said before, that's the eight, that's the fire on the woodpile. Yesh esh docha esh. What about fire which pushes away fire? The Gabriel, when Gabriel came to miraculously save Hanani Mishon Azaria from the fire, what did he do? He cooled off the furnace in which they were thrown into. They were thrown into a hot furnace. He cooled it off and pushed that fire outside so the people who were burning Hanani Mishon Azariah, they became burnt instead. That's the age, that, age, that fire pushed away the other fire and, and, in fact, made the place of the original fire and the furnace cooled it off. The age, Just oh, fighting fire with fire, right? Fighting fire with fire. That's where you got it from, huh? The age of the fire which eats other fire. The Shechina, 
Hashem himself that that uh, he, he is, his fire consumed fire. Damar Mar He put his finger between them and burned them. Rashi says this refers to Mar and Sanhedrin, where it says over there that the uh, there were groups of the angels who said What do we need What do we need people for? So Hashem burned them. He put his fire in there, even though they were at fire. Hashem ate their his fire ate up their fire. Is it really true that he said that the smoke of the Maracha, right, at least the smoke in, in the first base of Mikdash, right, we said before, where was the uh, smoke in the, uh, the, the Asher Maracha was there? So he said, uh, uh, so he said, well, there was, an, on the fire that came down from Hashem, that fire, uh, there, was a, uh, there was a smoke column there all the time. Right, so and one of the miracles was that uh, that the winds wouldn't push it away; they couldn't move it out of its spot. Is that really true that it didn't move it away? At the end of Sukkot, every I called from Everybody looks at the at the uh, smoke at the smoke um, smoke column on the uh, Maracha. Every all the Jews stand around the base of Migdash and they look at the smoke column. Note the Kabitzafum, if there's a southerly wind, meaning the smoke column is pushed towards is leaning towards the north. The poor people are happy and the uh, landowners are sad. Why? Because a, a southerly wind indicates it's going to be a very rainy winter. there'll be so rain so much rain that uh, the, uh, they couldn't leave the fruits out to dry, and the fruits would become spoiled, and therefore they would have to sell them cheap and get rid of them quickly. They couldn't store the fruits and play with the markets. So the Anim were very happy because the landowners would have to sell their fruits and they wouldn't be able to store them, and uh, they'd, be, they'd be pushed to sell them at cheap prices. So the poor people would be happy and the landowners would be sad. Not the Klabidaram. If there was a northerly wind coming uh, pushing towards the south would be the opposite. Aniam would be, Aniam, they would be unhappy. The amount of rain would be small that year. And they could keep the Paris in the fields or in the silos for a long period of time. And, uh, the, and, and they would get good prices. So the, uh, the, they would, the, the market would be higher. The prices would be higher. And therefore, the landowners were happy, and the uh, poor people were sad. Not the Kalavi Mizrach. If it was a westerly wind going towards the east, Hakol Smech, and everybody would be happy because a westerly wind is very, uh, very even keeled, and um, uh, and uh, it, it wouldn't, you know, it would be it would it would be uh, very good for it. It would be, you know, good for good. It would the stuff would last, but it wouldn't be too much. It would be just very balanced. Hakol Smech and and Klapi Marav, if there was an easterly wind towards the, towards the west, Hakolat Seven, everybody would be unhappy, right? Because uh, because that was it dried up the seeds, and there wouldn't be a good crop, and therefore uh, there wouldn't be much to sell. Plus, uh, the, the, whatever would be around would be expensive. So, if there was a westerly wind which was very even, and that would bring a nice amount of rain, but not too much, just what they needed. So the, the, the fruits would not get spoiled and, it's very, and, and it would be a good crop and there wouldn't be any famine. There would be plenty to eat and things would be just right. That would be a westerly wind. But, a, um, but an easterly wind, right? Klape Mizrach, a kol smechem, but an easterly wind coming towards the west where the smoke went to the west, meaning it was an easterly wind. Everybody would be, be sad. So what do you see though? You see that the winds did push the smoke pile Everybody looked at the smoke pile to see where's the where's the where's it where's the wind blowing in which direction it is. 
The answer is the ozel ba'asi kedikli. The answer is that the 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 smoke the the smoke column did sway like a tree that sways. But it wasn't scattered. What we meant was that the winds would not scatter the smoke pile. The smoke pile would continue to go straight, would go up, but it could sway a little bit left or right. Umar or north, south, east, west. Umar Mar, Klabi Mizrocha Klosmechim. But wait a minute. Okay, let's go back. We understand now everything is good. We got our 10 miracles the way you count them. We understand what existed in the first base of Migdash, what was less in the second base of Migdash. We have that all straightened out. But let's go back to the idea itself. You say, if there's a westerly wind going towards east, Klabi Mizrocha Klosmechim, but he's happy. Westerly wind is good. Klabi Marav, if it's an easterly wind towards the west, everybody's unhappy for a minute. We see the other way around. Mizrochus, if it's an easterly wind, Lolam Yafa is always good, right? If it was an easterly wind, it's good. Marav is Lolam Kasha, and westerly wind is bad. That's our Kasha right there. Then he goes on, our Kasha is another, which one's good? You said before, easterly wind is no good, westerly wind is good. Now we said the other way around. You say that, uh, uh, that an easterly wind is good, and a westerly wind is bad. Then he, the Brisa goes on, Baruch Tzvan, if it's a northerly wind from the north, that's Yafalachim, that's good for the wheat. If it's a third grown, it's good for wheat. And it's, and it's bad for olives when they blossom. A southerly wind is just the opposite of a northerly wind. That It's bad for uh, wheat if it's a third grown. And it's good for, for olives once they've blossomed. The Simach, the Simach, you should remember what's good for what. Shulchan Mitzafan, the Shulchan and the Heichal is in the north side of the Heichal, and the Menorah Bedarim. So the Shulchan, which has the wheat, right? It has the wheat, that's the breads, that's the wheat. So the Shulchan is in the north, and that's so, so the northerly wind is good for the wheat, and Menorah Bedarim, and the Menorah, which is in the south, the Menorah is lit with the Shemen that comes from the Zaysim. So that's from the south. So the south, the southerly wind is good for the for the olives. The northerly wind is good for the wheat. High marbidi day, high marbidi day. Each one grows what's good for it, right? The northerly wind grows the uh, grows the good wheat, which is needed for the shulchan, and the southerly wind grows the good olives, which are needed for the menorah, which is in the south. Okay, that's as far as the north and the south go. That's all fine. But we're back to Akash about the east and west. Is the easterly, we said, we said the west, that they looked at the base of Migdash. If it was a westerly wind, they were happy. If there was an easterly wind, everybody was unhappy. We see just the opposite. Easterly wind is good and westerly wind is good. Is, is, westerly wind is no good. So like Mars is very simple. Halon v'halahu. Last Rashi on the page. Mizrachis yafa l'eretz bavel. Here we talk about, this Bryce was talking about for us here in Bavel. That an easterly wind is good. Shi'eretz Lacha, Babel is a is a, a very wet land. It's low lying and very and full of water. Machmas Meimel. So Laolam. So a westerly, an easterly wind is good for the crops in Babel, but bad in Eretz Yisrael. When we talked about looking and looking at the smoke uh, at the smoke column, we're talking about obviously in Eretz Yisrael. And there they said if it's a westerly wind, it's good. Easterly wind, no good. In Babel, it's just the opposite. An easterly wind, which means that there's very little uh, dries things up, very little rain. That's good in Bavel because they have they already they don't need any rain. Well, Eretz Yisrael kasha, but that's bad in Eretz Yisrael. She Eretz Har Mikfos and Maharis and dries up quickly. So an easterly wind which dries things up is bad in Eretz Yisrael, good in Bavel. And the reverse is true. The westerly wind is good in Eretz Yisrael and bad in Bavel, which caused too much rain. That ends the first parak. Tomorrow, Mitzvah will begin the second parak. Have a good day, Shavuot Tov, to, to everybody, Surah Tovot.